Today's episode is sponsored by Dansoft Gamers. Dansoft Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches, and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.dansoftgamers.co. That is www.dansoftgamers.co. Today, I'm excited. I'm excited for this recording uh, with a lady, Jacqueline. Um, she's an engineer. And I've followed her on Instagram for a little bit now. I still don't know how we got connected. I'm going to ask her. That's one of the things I'll, I'll ask. See how she connected to my podcast. But I've followed her for a while. And she has she does an amazing job. And every time I look at somebody on Instagram or any any other social media and I see the work they do, I and I'm I'm passionate about hardworking. So I was like, you know what? I need to sit down with Jacqueline and have a conversation with her. So she's a she's a registered engineer. Um she does uh construction and she's helping you with designs and build your dream home for the people in Uganda. So construction management and supervision, and she has her number on there and you can connect with her on there. Um, My name is Barney Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Let's check in and see where Jacqueline is at. Um, yep, she's right here. She's in the building. Jacqueline is in the building. Yep, we about to get started. Hey, there you are. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, good. Hopefully everything is said. Um, I was just here. I'm just, uh, nowadays, I like to come into the Zoom and just wait for the guests to be here. Because that way I'm prepared and I just wait to welcome them in here. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Um, just on on site. Yeah. But I'm in the site office, just checking up on a few things before I go back home. You work through the weekend too? <laughs> yeah, because I have a nine to five. Okay. So I usually do um, my own jobs on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. All right. Uh, that sounds good. We're going to get into all that, but welcome to my podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> I was just talking to the listeners and this is something I've started. Like when I, I said the, the recording, I talk a little bit about the person I'm going to host be when I, uh, as you guys get ready to, to connect but I was talking to the, the, you didn't hear this part cause you had not connected yet, but I was talking about, how I found you on Instagram and I'm going to ask you about how we got connected or how you found me the first time. But I, okay. I mentioned that your work ethic, like I, I, ever since I followed you, like just watching mm -hmm. your work and that drives me when I look at somebody's work ethics and their hard work, I'm like, I need to sit down with this person and just have a <laughs> chat with them about their hard work and their love and everything that you do and passion that you put uh, in, in your work. But before we go into all that, I just want you to introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here. I'm Jacqueline Nachito. 
I'm a chartered engineering technologist in the UK and also registered in Uganda. I run the page Build with JK. It's all about construction. Um, it's basically showing you the behind the scenes, okay. behind the scenes of the pretty pictures that you see on mm. uh, Instagram, on the internet, the finished houses. So I take you behind the scenes and show you how we get there through the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I do. I've been uh, in the industry for over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. So I decided to venture out on my own and use my experience. Okay. And, you know, share what I've had uh, with people on the internet and also share what I do for my clients in the construction industry. I like it that in the, this 21st century, like we have some of us, not everybody, but some of us have decided to use the social media for a good cause to promote the work, to let people know about stuff like you're doing construction, I'm doing a podcast, people are doing a bunch of different things, selling stuff online. So I like it when I see the in in this generation we're using internet for a good cause. Whereas there's some other people who use the internet for a bad cause too. So I like that yeah. we, we chose to do this. So Jacqueline, um where were you born? And I know from your introduction and you say you're from you're in uganda and you work in the uk uh what was that uh surprised when i speak i speak luganda because they think i forgot luganda once i left uganda but <laughs> i like to throw it in just there once, yeah. once in a while where in kampala yes it's kampala in uh, in kazo so yeah that's where i'm born and I'm born to my mom and my dad, who are still there okay. in Kazo. So I was there, grew up there, studied there in around Kampala for, yeah, for most of my education. I've what schools did Kampala. you go to? Like primary, high school, and university? Um, yeah, uh, primary school, I went to Lohana Academy. Lohana Academy. I and think then I did, uh, yeah, <laughs> I went to Lynette. Okay. And then uh, in high school, I went to Makere College School okay. for my O-level. And then at A-level, I went to Caltech Academy. I think I actually, funny thing, I think I know all the schools you've mentioned, but yeah. no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet myself on that. But yeah, I think I know all the schools <laughs> you went. And then you, you say, so for your A-level, you went to Caltech Academy. How about university? Mm -hmm. At university, I went to, you know, Kampala Polytechnic, Mengo, for my ordinary diploma in architectural draftsmanship. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I went to uh, UTC Bushen. UTC Bushen. No, I don't. Those those are the, the, the last uh, where you did your architectural work. I'd, I'd, I'd not heard of those. But yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically today, as I've mentioned in the beginning, I really love your work ethic. I really love the the your career. And we're going to walk through that just to pick your brains and just to help the listeners to know about, I don't know anything about construction, mm -hmm. but I love it. And I guess, <laughs> every time I like I watch, okay. I, I sit down and I watch all your reels, like when you're walking through something like, hey, you're planning on building a house. These are the steps you need to. So mm -hmm. some of us don't know that, and some of the listeners may be wondering, maybe yeah. wanting to know. 
And today we have the Jackie, the construction genius. So she's going to answer all, all, all uh, my <laughs> I represent the audience with my questions. But before I go into, okay. into that, what made you want to choose construction? Like, is it something you've always wanted as a young uh, lady or as a young child? Like you were like, oh, I'm going to be an engineer in construction. Or how did it come up? Uh, well, uh, funny enough, I really, really wanted to be a doctor. Like, I really, really wanted to be a doctor. So I was going in that direction of, you know, studying to be a doctor, taking all the subjects to be a doctor. But then uh, when I finished my levels, I didn't perform so well in chemistry. <laughs> I'm not so good at chemistry. Me too. So I figured, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured like, okay. So if I'm to continue in the medical field, I'm most definitely not going to get what I want because I'm not so good at chemistry. And then um, my next uh, option was going into, you know, architecture or because I knew if I took that path, it would lead me down engineering. I've always wanted to do it. I've always had um, a love for putting things together, mm-hmm. especially with our home where we live. I, I was always going through the layouts, the plans, and I was discussing with my dad because it was always, you know, it was basically through my childhood, they were constructing it as we went along. And I was always interested. So I was like, you know what, I'd love to do this. And if there is an opportunity for me, why not? I can, you know, shift. And that's something that I learned at that time, that yeah. it's, it's okay to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, stick it in here. But yeah. if you don't know chemistry, you're not good at chemistry. You're not good at chemistry. Yeah. So, and I yeah, was good that, at all the other things. Yeah, that was me with chemistry. <laughs> so I wasn't. I wasn't good with chemistry. I wasn't good with biology. And the good thing for me, I never had being a doctor in my head. Like that was out of out out of the picture for me. Like I never even dreamt about it. I never even wanted it. I never because I knew my struggles with chemistry. And once, once I finished form four, I'm like, yeah, thank God I'm done with it. Actually, I dropped chemistry in senior one, like me and some of my friends in senior one were like, no, this yeah. is not for us. So we stopped going to classes. We just, I think we just didn't care, but God helped me and I didn't fail at, at um, senior four for my results. But yeah. So some of the things like there isn't a lot of like, female engineers like especially in uganda i mean if you go abroad around the world you might find a lot of them but like in in a country like uganda we grew up thinking that maybe that's a man a man job like that's only men are on the sites to do the jobs but here you are coming up with this how have you wanted like to be the female engineer like even you can be on a site and you you might testify on that and all the people that are working there are men and you're running the project like how was that like and how has that helped you as a as a, a woman working in that area well uh, that's that's one of the things in engineering you always walk into a room and you're always the only one you're the only female and sometimes also the younger female you know mm-hmm. so you're always the youngest sometimes and you 
also the only female and you're in a room with it's been a challenge, you know, especially in site meetings, there's always the banter, the back and forth. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, it's quite discouraging and disheartening. But I've found uh, women along the way who have mentored me and held my hand. Mm -hmm. And now I'm no longer as, actually, I'm not intimidated entering into those rooms where yeah. there's all these men. So now I know how to, let's call it play the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I know how to play the game, how to conduct myself, what mm. to expect. <laughs> I think so, it comes with experience. Is, yeah, but, yeah. Um, that, I feel like it comes with experience and it also comes with knowing what you're doing because nobody's going to intimidate you when you know what you're doing. Like, like you don't care who, whether it's a man or whether it's an old person, whether if you know what you're doing, like the confidence you have in what you do, like nobody will intimidate you over that. Yeah. Like, that comes with that too. When was the first and how was your experience with your first ever project, if you can remember yeah. it? Like your first project, how was that like yeah. going into it? <laughs> a gentleman, one of my mentors, he's called uh, Johnson, gave me an opportunity to, to draft up a plan for him. He gave me his laptop at the time. I didn't have a laptop. He gave me his laptop and he's like, okay, this is what I want. Can you do this for me? I was so scared but I went on I did it and after I did it he gave me 50,000 I'll never forget the first 50,000 that I made so that was my very <laughs> that was my very first project so yeah that that was the first one that was the first one I'll never forget that yeah, yeah. I got 50,000 of that and I was like okay so can I make some money <laughs> <laughs> the reason yeah. why I like to ask people about about like something like that it's because people today will come to your page like right now they'll go to your page and see what you're doing where you are and they're like oh jackie amala you're like she's she's doing that but i want to ask those questions at the beginning so people can know like no not everything you see right now was like that at one point i started without a yeah. computer at one point i got 50 like thousand or like this amount of money because people might think mm -hmm. like, oh, so you now you're making a lot of money. Or, but at one point at the beginning, it's not always going to be pretty. So you have to like work. Yeah, yeah. Like take time. Yeah. So when you have worked with this, actually, there's one of the questions, actually, you just posted it. When was it? Let me see. Three days ago. And uh, if, I found it interesting. Like one of the person that asks you, like, I have three million Uganda shillings. I want to buy a land and I want to build a house. And I like the way you you talked about that on Instagram, but can you talk walk us through about that um, situation or scenario for the listeners who have not seen this? Like, I want them to hear about that scenario of somebody. They have money. We have like, oh, we have 30 million, but they want to buy the land mm -hmm. and they want to build a house. How do you help somebody in that scenario? So usually somebody comes to me and asks, um, I have 30 million for that post. How, how do I buy land and how do I construct? And most of the times you find that um, 30 million is not 
enough. It's not enough to buy land and to construct because construction costs a lot more mm -hmm. than people actually have in their mind. So usually yeah. for that amount of money, what I advised uh, that follower is to buy two plots of land. So if you could go out of CBD, let's say about 25 kilometers. What is CBD? Because in, in the US, CBD uh, stands for something different. To what? <laughs> Yes, Central Business District. Okay. Yeah. So let's say about 25 kilometers or 28 kilometers. Let's say I'll give an example in uh, Busika, mm -hmm. which is a bit far away from, from CBD. Oh. So if you get two mm -hmm. plots, yeah. about 15 million each. Mm -hmm. So you get one plot, do your plans for it, and you could start with getting material onto your site because okay. something as little as 150,000 or 200,000 will get you a trip of cement okay. and sometimes people are worried they'll steal my material but that's really usually not the case mm -hmm. all you have to do is protect it against um, weather so that it doesn't run off mm -hmm. so every time you get 200k or 150k you take your sand you take your bricks because it could be as little as 200K. You take your bricks, you take your sand, you take your stones over time. So that way you are saving basically in terms of material. So when you do that with your bricks, stones, sand, then you can start depositing money with a, you know, a trusted hardware shop that, yeah. you know, there are hardware shops now which have big systems. Uh -huh. Yeah, so you can start depositing on your cement. And usually I encourage my clients to have their projects costed. That way, you know, I need a certain number of bags of cement, this number of iron bars, this number of, you know, all those things. So you can start depositing on those things. And it usually takes a while, depending on your, on your income. So if you have you know, deposited on all of those, let's say it will take you about a year to have all that ready. Uh -huh. Then within the second year, you can start going on site and yeah. you start, you know, constructing, you go phase by phase as you get your labor. So it's a process. So by the time you go through that process and you get, you know, to roofing, you've roofed your house, you've plastered. Now there is always the tricky part about finishes. Yeah. Almost everyone I've met underestimates finishes, mm -hmm. but they are actually the biggest part of any project. Mm -hmm. They seem to be small, but they are intricate and they take the labor is more, the cement is more. You have different people doing different things. So it takes it takes a little bit more. <laughs> when you say it takes a little bit more, does it take a little bit more money or more time or both? It takes both more money and more time. So then I advised uh, like the second because within maybe two years, three years, it has gained a little bit more value. So she can put it on the market and sell it. Because if she bought it, let's say at 15 million, and let's say we give it a small margin of, you know, a small margin of what do they call it, gaining in value. Mm -hmm. So let's say she sells it at 20. 20 million shillings can do something for you. 
on your finishes so you can actually make the house habitable just like uh, i shared in that course uh, not everyone is able to you know garner up all the funds that are that are required to finish the house but sometimes you have a house up to a certain level and you feel like you can you know enter into this house but you just don't know how to go about it so, so one of the things we look at the critical things so they're about four so first and foremost you need to have um, a working toilet so it's it's okay if you don't have you know the full drainage the septic tank you can have a pit latching. I mean, we all. Yeah. The one, <laughs> the outside one. Before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you can have, you know, one pit latching working, then yeah. good. You can, you know, do the drainage later on. And then the electricity, if you don't, because getting electricity with Omeme is an uphill task. Mm -hmm. So what I usually advise people to get is to get a solar system, about yeah. five lights. These days, you know, they are subsidized. You can pay daily until you fin you complete paying it. So, and it gives good light. So that's the second thing. Mm -hmm. Then the third is the floors. So one of the things you don't want to compromise a lot about is the floors. You don't want to get in when the floor is not up to a certain level because yeah. it will bring dust, dust mites. And if you get sick in the process, so what I usually advise people is if you've done the screening, then you can do, you know, the plastic carpets. We've all seen plastic carpets before, yeah. so it should uh, be okay. I, I used <laughs> them before when I was in Uganda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you can do the plastic carpets. And then uh, with water, you can do the rainwater harvesting, you know, in a tank, you know, the, mm -hmm. the mini tanks, you can use that as well. And then you need to have uh, the glasses in. You can't compromise on that. So if you could get the glasses in and all your doors are in, and then you plaster the inside of the walls. When you plaster them, you can use underfoot. These days, um, a plascon does really good undercoat that you can actually it's as good as paint it's just yeah. white yeah so those are the things that you can consider and you're good to go yeah yeah so yeah, in, in america i've i've done a little bit I've, i don't i've not done construction like but i've done like remodeling houses like painting and just and they have like codes like water codes electrical codes do you when I was going in Uganda, nobody was mentioning those things. I mean, I think because I wasn't in construction, but is that something yeah. that's it's people? Yes, 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 we do. We do. We uh, we have building codes here within Uganda, building okay. regulations that we follow. Yeah, the same that we follow when you submit your plans to the council to get them approved. Mm -hmm. You have to follow those building regulations and codes. And then we also do the British standard, the BS. Yeah. So there's also a Euro code. And then for mechanical, we have ASHRAE or CIBC. Mm -hmm. Then the electrical we also have the EIA. So yeah, we, we work to codes, yes. When I was young, when they call us to go Kupota, you never hear anything, anybody mentioning about codes. Just a little Moiko. Let her be rigid, right? <laughs> and then they just put bricks together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, you'll find that in the concert. I think uh, one of the things that I'm fortunate to have is to have worked in consultancy and then also construction. 
And uh, in consultancy, it's where you have all these courts. And I've been fortunate enough to work on high-rise buildings, big projects. Mm -hmm. And then you realize when you get down to constructing a residential homes and smaller homes, it's, it's a different system. Mm -hmm. uh, people work differently, so you actually have to get accustomed to what actually happens on ground in residential homes, in smaller projects. You're not going to bring the, you know, the big, the big cords from <laughs> the big buildings, yeah. and then you, you put them to the small home. So you have to learn how to condense, mm -hmm. and that comes as you do more and more of these of these projects. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because when after I came to America, I mean, and we learn these things when you travel and see different what how people do different things around the world. It reminded me when I was growing up, when I was younger, I would go up in our ceilings, and our electricians like literally just use like a plastic bag around the wires, just like connect yeah. the wires. Of like, if yeah. you do that here, like, you get in trouble. They'll find you. And like, Why is it um, yeah. And also, that brings me to one tweet you shared on your story too from, I think it was IGP. Yeah, IGP. About, you know, in you, and I've shared this before, I think a while back, about like, how can I make it cheaper? Like, and if a person like you who is an engineer like gets into that, like, how can I make it cheaper for this person? It might be expensive in the long run. And that brings me to saying cheap things are expensive. Like, how have you dealt with that in the situation of clients want cheaper things? Yes, that is actually something I have to deal with on a daily, mm. on a daily, especially when it comes to quotations. Uh, because usually the builders who are in the field, they underquote. And when you underquote, it's basically trying to get the client to commit. Mm -hmm. So if say you tell a client oh no this is going to cost about five million shillings you know the client is like okay i can do that i can do that so they get in and after they get in then the builders start bringing up what you'd call variations oh we need more bricks oh we need more sand we need more cement and sometimes it gets people into debt especially if they're not prepared if they came in with a mindset of five million and yet it's going to cost 20 million shillings mm -hmm. so that's something that i don't do personally i get less work but i don't do that because it's a very dangerous thing yeah. so it's basically i my quotations for the client and I take them through and I make sure that if there are any variations, they're between 10% of what, you know, what is quoted. So they are also, they also rest easy. They know that I need this amount of money. This is actually what it really costs. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think that's where the issue is. What is the real cost for yeah. clients who are ready to take that? Then they always get their projects out and, for those who are not ready, you know, you tell them, okay, this is how we can make this affordable. Mm -hmm. We cannot compromise on this, but we can do it like this. Yeah. So it's always finding cheaper ways of doing things, but ways which are not going to compromise on the quality. You know, mm -hmm. the client after a while gets what you call shoddy work. So yeah. I think that's something that I always deal with on a daily and I also keep on learning new methods that can mm -hmm. be used to make things, you know, cheaper and more affordable. Yeah. 
And that's a good thing to have in mind. And when somebody wants to do a quality job, and that's something I've learned too, like you do a job that when somebody looks at it, they want to know because a job will advertise for you. So like somebody will come to this building and say, wow, what did this building? And then a person would want to do the same thing. But when you do less quality work because you want to make it about to make cheaper things like that, it's either going to cause damage to the building, but also cause loss of lives because people are going to be living in there and the buildings will fall down. And those are some of the things to think about. Um, and also always having that heart of like, I want to do something I'm proud of. Like you look at something it's like, yeah, that was my work and I'm really proud of it, which I hope, I wish everybody had the same heart like that. You had a question and probably this question will be answered by all the things you've already talked about today, but you had a question on there. Why would somebody need um, a construction engineer, like a construction manager? Because like, like I already told you, and my knowledge is based off what I grew up seeing like in our villages. Like, hey, then they just find a guy, the local guy from the, the village. They just come do this, do this. Yeah. But uh-huh. why would somebody need uh, a construction manager? And why would somebody look for uh, Jacqueline to be their construction manager? Well, yes, yes. So why would you hire me to be your construction manager? So I think one of the first things is before before you know construction could be like but now we have to look at all the disciplines that are involved in a project you will have architecture you have structural engineering you have electrical you have mechanical sometimes you need a surveyor so you as a client might not be able to actually coordinate all those services mm-hmm. because if a person like me is managing your project i make sure that the electrical people are there the plumbing the drainage the actor is being followed so basically all of that so you need somebody who can understand interpret and execute mm-hmm. all those disciplines on a project yeah and that's one of the things that you might need me for and the other thing is material procurement i think in most of my stories i've tried to show you uh, my followers, what I go, what I do when procuring material. As a client, you might not want to go through all that, spend a day or spend two days buying material. And sometimes you need to know the ins and outs of what I'm buying, mm-hmm. what will help me, how much I'm buying, am I in budget, where am I going to find the best deals? So those are some of the things that all some of the op- services that I offer. And then, as well as working within budget, yeah. like I said before, you don't want to have someone on site, mm-hmm. cement, you know, you know, give me this, this is not enough. And then, you know, you have plumbers, so many people on your site. So you need to know their work schedules, how they are working. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I offer you is peace of mind you can go and be on the beach somewhere right. and know that your project is running <laughs> yeah and i always give my clients yeah financial reports and you know site reports site progress reports so they know exactly what is happening how much money they've spent 
what material is on site, how many people have been on site, what they've done, are we behind schedule, mm -hmm. how many days have we lost, you know. So it's all of that. So it gives uh, your project run smoothly and on budget. Yeah. I think that will work really good for me because that's something like I hate when I'm doing a project and we, I like to plan ahead of time. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is what, I mean, sometimes there's some unavoidable things that happen, but the constant, hey, I'm a block at a gamma, hey, Twitter guy, I'm a block, I'm a trip. Like things like that mess with yeah. my head. Like I just want to plan for yeah. something. And it's like, but I mean, like I said, there are some situations where you can't avoid it. Something happened, but that's, that's really good for somebody. Like you said, you can go, have a peace of mind while your construction is going on um, and taking place. So anybody out there that's listening to this podcast, especially people in Uganda that would want uh, something like that to be done for them, uh, here is Jackie and she will help you with all <laughs> that. How can people find you? I know you have a phone number on on what on Instagram, but how can people yeah. connect with you? especially the people who are in Uganda, if they have like a business or they need help or anything? Uh, yes, uh, they can always, that's my direct line. So mm -hmm. they can always send me a WhatsApp or give me a call or even send me a DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we can always connect and discuss further on what is needed and what the expectations are and what they need help with. Yes. I always give out free advice. So Actually, <laughs> they can always no, they, they, have, they have to pay for consultation. You should you should put their consultation fee, like hey. But <laughs> this works better for even the people that were some as us who are in America. Like if you want to build your house mm -hmm. in Uganda and you can't fly every day to go check on your building, like this is a great mm -hmm. opportunity to have somebody like so it's not only for the people who are in Uganda, but like my mm -hmm. fellow Basamas, people who are in America. Uh I, I'm not gonna start mentioning names. <laughs> but I want uh, they can reach out to you and you help them build their houses in, in yeah. so yeah uh, this second segment I usually like to sum it up and ask a few personal questions they might not be uh, in in like what we're talking about your career or just, just personal to get uh, the listeners to get to connect with you I usually do this in the first segment but then for years I did it the opposite like we talked a lot of like uh, what to do in the first segment um but i meant to ask you at the beginning like you talked about your family do you have any siblings and how many siblings do you have i have uh, two brothers and okay. one sister and are you what position are you in in that three you're the second last no the first oh you're the first I'm the okay. first born okay some of the other questions I like to ask, uh, you've been in this field. What some advice would you give to a young girl um, out there that is trying to do something, trying to, she's scared. Like, these are not our jobs. Like, these are men's jobs. These, what advice would you give <laughs> a young girl who looks up to you in your footsteps? Mm -hmm. I think uh, the first thing that I would tell them is, number one, to believe in themselves you have to believe in yourself because there is a lot of criticism that's going to come every day, more so if you're female. The level of criticism you'll get will be like double what a man would get. So you have to 
believe in yourself. You have to learn how to stand up for yourself. And I think the second thing I would advise them to do is to get a mentor. You can't get through this without a mentor. And that's something that I can't stress enough. You need another person to hold your hand, to encourage you, somebody to talk to who's been in the field before, because not everything is as it seems. It might, you know, look down on paper. This is the path that you take, but actually it might not be. So you always have to get a mentor. Then the third thing is you have to, you have to be open to learning. Learning never stops here. It's, it's the order of the day. You have to keep on learning and you have to have humility. Humility is something that would open doors for you. And, you know, you'll be able to walk into spaces if you have humility. You can't go around bragging, you know, um, this, I've done this. No. And the other thing is to keep on going regardless. Okay. Keep on going. Every day you literally have someone putting you down. You haven't done well enough. You haven't done good enough, but you just have to keep on going. So yeah, those are some of the things that I would advise them to, to do. That's, that's good. And um, yeah, I like to ask people these questions because there's a lot of people that need that reminder. And maybe that reminder will be a turning point uh, for their lives in seeing that. And also like your hard work, like even to me, I just like, yeah, there's somebody there like working hard and love your job and love what you do. And that's always another point. Like when you love what you do, it helps you to come up with different ideas on how to grow and how to make yourself like better. So that's the other thing I'll add on to that is like do something you love because most times we do something that we are forced to do and we don't put mm -hmm. all our heart in, in doing that. They don't come out great. What has been a life lesson that you've learned in life to mm. this point? Um, I think one of the toughest lessons that I've learned that probably have nothing to do <laughs> with engineering mm -hmm. is that um, you cannot love another person into loving you. Yeah. So that's one of those lessons that I've really learned. And it's changed my life a lot. Yeah, taught me how to love myself, you know, taken me, it's given me, it's helped me be more confident of myself and learn who I am and accept myself. Yeah. yeah they used to tell us childhood begins at home and we never knew what, the, like for some people never knew what that meant, but that says it, it starts with you and it starts with your home yeah. that you can take it to somewhere else. Um. What gets you excited about life? What's something that gets you excited about life? Hmm. I would say um, basically excellence gets me excited yeah. about life. I try, I try my level best. It, it, it actually gives me sleepless nights if I'm, I'm not trying to be excellent at something. So excellence pushes me every single day every single day yeah. that's that's really good and yeah and that's one of the reasons i like asking that question to just hear different ideas about what people say but yeah excellence is really good i, I love excellence too but also failing i wouldn't say it's good 
but I like it to be part of my life because then that motivates you to come back uh, stronger. And uh, mm -hmm. today I shared something that says to every setback, there's a comeback. And to, mm -hmm. this, to every loss, there's a gain. Every mm -hmm. failure, there's a win. So that mm -hmm. opposite of each other, like they help you. My final question, this is a signature question that I ask everybody I host on the podcast. Um, who would you like to see on my podcast next? And you're going to have to help me find the person to come on the podcast to talk about their career, talk about their life, talk about anything. Like literally, we can just sit down and talk about anything. Like you've witnessed this today, called you. I didn't even tell you, hey, I'm going to ask you about this, but just sit down and have a conversation. It can be on whatever they do. It can be about their lives. It can be a story. It can be motivation anything so who is that person yeah. that you would want to see on the podcast and you'll have the yeah. task to connect them to me to be on the podcast <laughs> i think um i'd love to to have um i never thought of this before but i have a mentor my mentor or oh, she's called a uh, sylvia She's, she's mentored so many young women like myself in in engineering and she's you know held our hands a number of people she's she's really helped so so many young women in this field mm -hmm. so she's one of the people that I'd love to hear on this podcast um can I say it too <laughs> yeah 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 you can give me two yeah, then the other person that I, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm such a big fan of is Nyonyo Prim. Okay. Yeah, I love, Actually, I love. Nyo yeah. Prim, I know her, and I think we connected a few times ago, and I've never requested her to be on a podcast, but I've I've watched their their podcast too. There are three ladies that do the podcast of the Unpopular okay. Opinion. Yeah, yeah, I've watched them. It's it's really interesting, and I love I love all of them what they do. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to talk to her. She's I've followed her on her Instagram, and she's a person who would be interesting to talk to her. Um, but yeah, if you connect me to them, I also reach out to them and send a request. But after somebody uh, reaches, if you reach out to them and tell them, hey, I recommended you to be on this podcast, and I'll reach out to them, send them an email or whatever the way they prefer receiving uh, messages but anyway i am thankful that i've had you on the podcast to talk about what you do um or maybe somebody a young girl somewhere will get inspired by what you do and how you picked you chose this to be your job and hearing through your story and what you've done so maybe it'll inspire them is there any other final word like you want to say to the listeners and to anybody out there listening? Uh, yes, 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 I do. Uh, thank you to everyone, to everyone who's followed me, everyone who has encouraged me. I've got so many people encouraging me that, you know, they'd like to hear more. So I'm very grateful for everyone who's received me well and encouraged me and the people who've trusted me with their projects straight off the internet. I'm so grateful. And to, you know, my family, they've been so supportive and my husband he's been such a great great support 
is the one that takes all those videos that you see of me sometimes. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> you know, and listen, yeah, listens to all the complaints that every day all this happened. <laughs> so he's been such, <laughs> such an amazing support. Like I wouldn't trade that for, for anything. I've been so, so grateful to him and my family who usually is with me on the weekends when I'm working on, on different sites and projects and they come with me. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the gift of family. And yeah, thankful for work. And thank you too for, you know, for reaching out. Yeah. And I, I'm like, wow, me? I mean, <laughs> I have like zero followers on here. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> actually, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Because to me personally, and I was, one guy talked about this episode, it's going to come out. He mentioned the numbers doesn't mean uh, it's a good, he was referring to a podcast, but he said numbers doesn't mean it's a good podcast. It's the impact. If, if you have only two followers and those followers have been impacted by the guests you bring and what the words you say on the podcast, you've achieved your goal. But the numbers doesn't mean it's a good podcast. So when, when you say like, even if, I don't look at, I, I mean, I don't look at what people, how many followers they have, what's the status of them, are they celebrities, are they, nah, that's not the purpose of my podcast, because I know how it feels to be not seen by anybody, like most people now are just saying like, oh, I want this celebrity to be on my podcast, because then it will build a podcast, but for me, I'm full of like a story, like I want to inspire another person, and I know after looking at you instagram i'm like yeah how hard work and how determination will inspire somebody else and that's what i was looking at i didn't look at i still even don't know how many people you have on because that's not what i look <laughs> at my looks my my eyes just went to what you do and your hard work and that's what i looked at to just bring you here because and that's the one thing i said at the beginning is that's the reason why i was like i need to sit down and talk to her so but I mean, yeah, having a good following is not bad. Having a follower is not bad. But like for me, mm -hmm. that's not something I, I look at. I look at just having a conversation and just impacting like somebody's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Hopefully we can <laughs> do another one another time and just yeah. talk and talk and talk and learn about construction and all that stuff. All right. Bye. Bonnie, thank you so much. Have a hey there. Uh, this is Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching and listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and recommend somebody to this podcast. Don't forget to leave a feedback on this podcast because that's how we grow. And also, don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and comment. Join us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much and be blessed.